0: All right, and welcome to this week's edition of Basketball 201, where we want to make you a smarter basketball fan by doing uh, some extensive uh, film study, talking about basketball concepts, just really kind of dive in a little bit deeper uh, to learn a little bit more about what's going on on the court. And as always, here to guide us through this is Ben Ladner, our student intern this year, uh, both at Inside the Hall and the Assembly Call. Ben, always great to convene each week to talk with you. Yeah, it is something I always look forward to. So uh, yeah, good to be here. The, uh, you know, the chats have become progressively less joyful, though, as the season, <laughs> <laughs> the season has gone on. I've, I found myself less excited about watching the clips, but at yeah, least at least yeah. we will learn something by punishing ourselves uh,
1: by watching some film of the Purdue game. Yes, that that's the hope. That's the hope. Um. Yeah, you know, to me, that was on color commentary for this game on WIUX, and the point I kind of kept hammering home with Austin Render, who's doing p- play-by-play kind of all game long, and particularly in the second half, was that. Indiana just hasn't seen a guard like Carson Edwards pretty much all season. You could argue maybe Marcus Howard is in uh, is in that conversation. I, I tend to think Edwards might even be a little bit better pull-up shooter than Howard. Um, but at any rate, you know it, it's a pretty rare player. And so that kind of player that Indiana just hasn't seen put a lot of pressure on their defense. And Indiana really struggled to contain a lot of the actions that involved Carson Edwards in that game. They were able to limit him specifically. He had, I think maybe 19 or 20 points on 16 or 17 shots. He wasn't super efficient, um, at least relative to what he normally does. Only three of 10 from three. And so he he kind of struggled personally, but I really thought that his gravity and his playmaking and the sets that Purdue was drawing up for him were really opening up a lot of good things for the rest of Purdue's players, particularly guys like Ryan Klein and then the bigs in Matt Harms and Travion Williams. So to me, one of the most important plays, and I can uh, I can go ahead and start with the clips here. Yeah, cute. Was uh, in in the beginning of the first half. You know, coming in, Edwards is like a thirty eight percent three point shooter on about ten attempts per game. So he's he's a both high volume and high efficiency player. But he kind of struggled in the first half to knock down shots. And so in the second half, he comes out. Ryan Klein. After this play that I'm about to show, Ryan Klein, who has the ball here at the start of the clip at the top of the key, actually hit two threes off of dribble handoffs as well. And that really opened up the rest of Purdue's offense because Indiana was already respecting uh, Carson Edwards' shot. But because it wasn't going in, you know, they were kind of getting bailed out a little bit. But on this shot, this is where he kind of sets the tone, I thought, for the rest of the game. You're going to see he comes off a screen. Justin Smith, as usual, does a nice job hedging. Zach McRoberts is going to get over the screen between the screener and the hedger, just like he's supposed to. Indiana you know, executes that well. But Purdue is going to run a second action right back off of this. You know, this is, a, this is a really tough thing to stop because right when you get back into position, you know, there's another action to stop. And so you can see Jawan Morgan is bent out of position here. Justin Smith is getting back to his man who's rolling here as Rob Finnessy is stepping down to tag. And when Purdue goes right back into that second action, Jawan Morgan recovers. This time, Zach McRoberts goes under the screen. Carson Edwards reads that, and he just comes back to the left against McRoberts' momentum. One dribble, pull up three, and because McRoberts was under the screen, he couldn't contest. And so, you know, that's a pretty ordinary shot for Carson Edwards. But the fact that he was able to hit that early in the half, it forced Indiana to respect that shot even more than they would normally have to. And because of that, they were they were sending a lot of attention to Carson Edwards on plays just like that. You know, from from there on out, basically, they were sending two guys on the ball every time. And that opened up a lot of stuff for the roll men, for other shooters, you know, for, uh, for guys just keeping the ball. We'll see a couple of clips here, keeping the ball in a dribble handoff and just going because two guys are going out to Carson Edwards. And so I thought that put a lot of strain on Indiana's defense. And they may not see another player like that the rest of the season, save for the one time that they play Purdue again. Um, but I, I do think that that's something that Indiana and all teams really struggle with when you have that kind of player who can just, who can make shots from anywhere, put so much pressure on the defense. Uh, it can really do a lot of good things for the rest of the team. So should Zach have gone over the screen there? I think so. Um, but again, it's tough because he he just went, he he got over the screen going one way and then, you know, immediately they're coming right back going the other way. And so it's it's tough because he kind of sunk back to the level of the screener. And it would have been a, you know, a long route for him to try to get back over the screen into Edwards body uh, and back over. So, and know, Edwards he played- is just
0: so quick. I mean, he can change direction exactly. like that.
1: Yeah, so asking someone to, you know, go over the screen and get back over the screen and back and forth is is a really tough ask, but ideally, yes, he would have gone over.
0: So just a quick reminder if you're listening on the podcast, there are film clips that go along with this. We broadcast it live on YouTube. You can watch the replay at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. So I guess that's the other question. You kind of alluded to this. You know, because of how unique Purdue is offensively, because you have a guy like Carson Edwards plus a guy like Ryan Klein, who's just an outstanding shooter. How much of what we saw in that game when we're not playing Purdue are teams going to be able to do against us? Or is Purdue somewhat unique in that perspective?
1: They are unique in their personnel. Um, and I, I think they run a pretty good offense. I liked a lot of what they were doing with you know, the, the floppy actions, the baseline screens, the handoffs, pick and rolls, stuff like that. Um, I think that part of it actually might be replicable with other teams. Not every team runs that kind of style. And you know you you wouldn't expect a team to to change its entire offense and kind of run exactly what Purdue's running. Um, but not every team has the personnel, obviously. so so it's not quite as threatening and dangerous, but the actions, just the the constant flow of dribble handoffs and screens, proved really difficult for Indiana to stop. And I do think that went beyond just the shooters and Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein that Purdue had. I think that was something that Indiana, and really, I think any team would have trouble stopping. So, I, I don't know how many teams remaining on Indiana's schedules are gonna run that much you know motion within their offense that quickly, but certainly that that could be something that if they see it again, could be difficult to stop.
0: Is it something where the complications of Indiana's defensive scheme can can hurt them in these cases, you know, when they don't execute it properly, and if they were doing something a little bit simpler, it wouldn't be. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a double-edged sword because if you do something a little bit simpler,
1: you also don't get the benefits of, of what you get when you run your defense, right? Right. I, I think, you know, we talked about how, how hedging puts, and, and the pack line in general puts the defense into a lot of long rotations. I think that can be difficult when a team is running, you know, just going back, like Carson Edwards goes back and forth like that, you know, one side to the next using screens constantly one after the other, or a team just runs one action into the next because, it, it's almost like as soon as you, as the hedger comes out, as soon as he's rotating back to his man, he has to come back up and hedge again. Or, you know, the the, the help side defender who's tagging the roll man, as soon as he's recovering, he's got to go help somewhere else. And so those long rotations, you can't, you can't really make the full rotations because as soon as you finish doing one, the, the offense is putting you right back into another one. And so it ends up, a lot of the time, just scrambling your defense because you're running you know, back and forth around the court, trying to cover all these different holes because of how quickly the offense is running through its sets. So, so what's the answer there? Like in a
0: case like this against a guy like Edwards, I mean, do you just need almost better ball pressure on him, someone who can deny him getting back to the second screen or make that more challenging? Because you know that's part of it. You know, you see the stuff at the end, but a lot of times it feels like it's what happens at the very beginning that sets all of that in motion.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, it's a tough player to guard. I think any scheme would have. Would have difficulty uh, doing that. Maybe you know something that that I think might work is is just the idea of trapping him. Like, because to me, if you're going to hedge, yeah. if you're going to come all the way that far out on the floor, you might as well trap the guy. You know, if you're going to try to force the ball out of his hands anyway, maybe try to create some turnovers. Now that does put you at a numbers disadvantage, and Purdue was really good at finding the open man when they had that advantage against IU. Um, you know, maybe yeah. you do kind of more of a show rather than a hedge, where you have the big man just kind of stay with one hand attached to the screener and then kind of you know lean out and kind of just get in the ball handler's vision a little bit and make that difficult take away like that split second where he might be able to pull up for three and then have the 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 guy guarding Carson Edwards just fight over the screen in this case Zach McRoberts. So I guess that's kind of a high drop uh, if you want to use the, the technical term but yeah I, I was, you know I was a little surprised Indiana didn't try to change up what they were doing because you know midway by the 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 midway mark of the second half, it it was clear that it wasn't really working, Um, and so I was a little surprised that they didn't try something else. You know, just give Purdue a, a little bit different look, because the Boilermakers were just dicing up whatever Indiana was was throwing at them, and you know, for most of the game, that was the same thing. So Purdue didn't really have to adjust to anything Indiana was doing.
0: Well, and that obviously won't be as much of an issue tonight against Northwestern because they don't even really have a point guard, let alone a point guard like right. like Carson Edwards. So they'll, they'll, they present their own challenges
1: guarding them inside. But we'll yes. talk about that later.
0: All right, let's let's watch some more clips.
1: Yeah, next clip here. It's going to be you know a, kind of a consequence of that shooting that we had in the first clip. Uh, about a couple minutes later, three minutes later in the second half, Purdue is basically going to run the same action. You know, it's it's kind of this horn set where you have someone you know, enter the ball at the top. Usually it was going to this this right side elbow, either Matt Harms or Travion Williams. And so Matt Harms is going to catch the ball here. Carson, or I should say uh, Ryan Klein, has already hit a couple of threes by this point. He's hit a, a fadeaway triple coming off of a screen right here. He had one on the other side. Um, so he's he's hit a couple shots. Indiana's got to mind that. They've got to be respectful of it. So Al Durham here, you know, again, just like the first clip, does a nice job getting through the initial action. You know, Indiana stays connected there. And then Ryan Klein's going to come back for another handoff. He just hit a three on this exact action like two possessions ago. So you'll see Jawan Morgan mindful of that. Basically, you know, he doesn't lurch all the way out on Ryan Klein, but he kind of shades to that side. He can see the the handoff coming. And right there, he kind of angles his body getting ready to come out On decline, Al Durham's going to stay attached to his hip and Matt Harms, credit to him, makes a great read, just kind of feels more going to adjust his body a little bit and goes all the way to the rim for a dunk. And there's no backside defense because if you'll notice, Purdue, because of this horn set and the floor spacing that they have, they're running an action on the other side of the floor. So Romeo Langford and Justin Smith have to pay attention to what's going on right here, which means that Justin Smith can't be this backline defender like he's supposed to be. Because, you know, there's the threat of Carson Edwards coming off of the screen. There's the threat of Grady Eifert slipping to the basket. So a nice job by Purdue kind of running these dummy actions to get Indiana uh, distracted on the weak side so that Matt Harms just has an unencumbered lane to the basket.
0: Yeah, because there, I mean, there's really no reason for Justin. I mean, Justin Smith, like you said, is paying attention to that, but his man's setting a screen away from the ball. There's no reason for him to really be doing anything over there. He would have been able to help, but it's all—it's just a really smart read by Harms, too. Yeah, he absolutely took advantage of that split second of
1: Morgan leaning out there and went right to the hole. Good. Yeah, and good again, offense. credit to Purdue to to occupy that weak side defender because a lot of teams don't do that. You know, a lot of teams will just have a guy in the corner, a guy at the top of the key. And then that allows you to kind of get in your traditional help side defensive positions. But if you're if you're running actions, you know, if you're actually doing something and, and putting the defense into motion or keeping them occupied on the weak side, they can't be in those spots because they're worried about something else. So I, th- I thought that was really smart. And in all likelihood, Purdue would have had a secondary action, you know, coming from that side anyway, like our Edwards would have come off a screen or Eifert would have done something, you know, cutting to the lane or something. So there was probably something that that would have flowed into that. But in this case, it just acted as a decoy and, you know, Harms made a great read. Do we ever do that? Um, not, probably not as much as they should. Like a lot, you know, it's become more and more just kind of Romeo in space up top. And, you know, I I like to see a little bit more on the weak side. Maybe you run like a a flare screen or something, you know, a a, a, a scripted cut, something like that, just to kind of get guys moving. Because especially we saw Purdue do this a lot. They were just loading up on whatever side of the floor Romeo Langford was on. And because there was no real motion on the weak side of the floor, there they're just like there was no reason for Purdue to pay attention to the people over there. They could just load up on Romeo as much as they wanted. Yeah. All right. Next next clip. So this is a a similar thing. We're gonna have harms once again. Uh this time it's gonna be a roll to the basket rather than um a, a dribble handoff. So Again, Carson Edwards in the action, exact same set. This is basically every set they've run so far this half. Horn set, Eifert on the left side, Harms on the right side, Ryan Klein over here in the right corner. Carson Edwards is going to enter it to the other side this time and come off a screen. They're looking for this back door. But this is a play Indiana runs actually uh, quite a bit. Well, they'll have this guy loop around uh the the elbow going to the basket. Duan Morgan steps back. Harms is a non-shooter, so he's gonna, you know, take away that cut. But Edwards God, look at how low he gets right (laughs) that's that's unbelievable um he's gonna just immediately fly right back off of this screen and this is something that was really impressive to me was the pace that purdue played with in the second half not just in terms of the possessions like getting up and down the floor but the pace within each possession they ran every single cut was hard every screen was purposeful every you know, like, like this, a V cut, you know, coming off of a screen, getting a DHO, everything was fast, everything was purposeful. And that really makes it hard for the defense to defend because if you're just kind of lollygagging through your sets, you're you're jogging, it, it, you know, it can, it can cost you momentary, you know, seconds where the defense is able to gain a, a brief advantage. And sometimes that can make all the difference. So Edwards flies right back off of the screen, Juwan Morgan wanting to take away this three lurches out toward him. Grady Eifert makes a great read and Harms just slips to the basket wide open. And so again, it's, it's basically the same principle we saw in that last play with, with Ryan Klein, except this time with Carson Edwards and in a little bit different spot on the floor. But again, a great read harm sees that Juwan Morgan is coming out to stop Carson Edwards. And he just darts to the basket and Purdue Purdue, I think by this point, was conscious of the fact that Indiana was really overplaying those screens and that they could get some good stuff coming off of those, you know, the the screeners that would be open. So, again,
0: what should Juwan have done that? I mean, that's obviously the, you know, this kind of the scheme. That's what they were intending to do. But as that, like you said, as that kept happening, they never adjusted to it. Because, I mean, you you have to, you know, like you said, you have to respect Carson Edwards and you want to deny him the ball. But, you know, you're just giving up dunks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think because Rob Finnessy wasn't in that bad a position. I mean, all things considered, considering right. how hard Edwards moved and how quick he moved, Finnessy was in decent position. It almost seems like there maybe Juwan did a little more than he needed to.
1: Yeah, again, it's it's a really tough action to defend. So credit pr- to Purdue for you know leveraging that. But I think if you're Juwan, what you do here is maybe actually that, that's a really tough position because is yeah, kind of behind the screen sure a little bit. So if he catches it here without jawan coming out to stop him that's a rise and fire three well you know
0: it'd also be nice if justin smith was up in eifert's face <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> right mean, yeah ball pressure would be one yeah, thing he's
0: you. not doing anything
1: right yeah and that's that's something that i'm sure they they would point out in the front their film session as well if you can crowd the passer and make this a little bit more difficult of an angle that would help as well that's a good point hmm.
0: you know you make a, made a really good point about how hard they move offensively. And, you know, I, I already hate this episode because it's turning into this Purdue love fest, but they were impressive. And I think the thing that we could learn from them and that we don't talk about enough... I feel like a lot of times when we talk about playing hard, we talk about playing hard on defense. You talk about it with yep. transition defense or guys running the floor in transition offense. You don't often talk about guys playing hard on offense, cutting hard, cutting with purpose. I mean, the how hard Carson Edwards goes when he's cutting and that change of direction where like literally I mean he's moving and if you can't couldn't see the yeah. video like I mean his knees almost hit the ground because he got so low and then exploded out of it we don't have anybody who moves off the ball like that Justin Smith will every once in a while when he smells the rim but we don't we just don't move with that kind of conviction and maybe part of it is you know they're they have a little more confidence in what they're doing a little more trust in what they're doing and it's easier to move fast cut hard when you're not thinking as much and maybe we're overthinking it to try and give a benefit of the doubt but i think part of it is also like they just play harder offensively than we do and that's yeah. you know that that that's something that we should remember when we talk about playing hard and effort and toughness it's not just execution on offense it's also like how hard are you doing stuff that is part of execution
1: right and i think part of that is that our, is Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein both understand how big of a threat they are and they really i think have a good understanding of of what their gravity can do for the rest of the offense so they they you know understand the fact that they can create looks for teammates just by running hard off of screens. They understand what that does for their offense. They they know how valuable that can be. And in, and you know so you see that with like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to make another NBA comparison. Uh, you know those guys. It they wouldn't be an hard. episode of Basketball Two Hundred and One without one. Exactly. They run hard off of every screen. You know they set every screen with purpose. They you know the, all those little improvised cuts and, and screens and split cuts that they do off the high post all of that is done with the understanding that if they're not open, then one of their teammates in all likelihood will be. And so, you know, when you're running an action with, you know, two options, one of them is you get an open three and the other is your teammate gets an open dunk, that, you know, that encourages you to run through the play hard because it's going to do something good for your offense. And Indiana, just, you know, as good as Rob Fennessy has been shooting the ball this year, Al Durham, all these guys shooting high percentages on a low volume, they're just not that kind of threats as a shooter. and so you know they they don't have quite the same pull quite the same gravity that's going to open up the rest of the floor for their teammates and because of that Indiana can't leverage that in the same way with those you know hard sprints those those cuts those dribble handoffs that it just doesn't have quite the same impact
0: yeah. Did you splice any videos of the 2013
1: game or the 2012 game in here? Like, can
0: we go back there? And I watch did not. I did not, unfortunately. This All right. Is
1: a, <laughs> and, and as we we're only going to get later in the game. So the, yeah. the margin is only going to increase for Purdue.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let's, uh, let's watch another one. <laughs>
1: so here we go. This is, I mean, this is going to be pretty much the same thing we saw earlier where instead of our, uh, Matt Harms, it's going to be Travion Williams as the big man. So basic pick and roll. Carson Edwards coming off. Juwan Morgan, hard so that, head. That, that's a good hedge right there. You get him off of the line that he wants to take. Right. That, that's a textbook hedge. But again, like we've seen all game long, Purdue is just going to transition right into another action. And so Edwards gets it back to Williams. And look, again, the purpose, the pace, throws it and immediately sprints into a dribble handoff. Jeez. Juwan Morgan comes all the way out. Trivion Williams to the basket, picks up a blocking foul. And he's going to the line for two shots. And I mean, he just completely left him. The threat of Edwards was exactly, and and man. this is where running hard really, really benefits too. Because if he just kind of moseys into this handoff, maybe Rob Finnessy's able to get into him, crowd of space a little bit, and get over the screen a little bit easier. Maybe Jawan Morgan doesn't have to, you know, lurch out so hard to help. Maybe, you know, this dribble handoff just isn't quite as effective. But because he runs so hard into it, it, it puts a lot of it, it puts the defense in in panic, and so you just see it's wide open. And so that's again, just the pace, the effort, the gravity is all kind of coming together to free up opportunities for other players on Purdue's roster.
0: Yep. You know, I I, I think you know, you watch this and you kind of understand why Matt Painter will live with four or five just like thirty foot three point yeah. chucks by Carson Edwards because he plays his he plays his butt off on
1: offense. He he kinda earns those shots. So he does. Yeah, okay last clip here i promise this is the last one this will be over soon um it's you know probably don't need to spend too much time on this one because it's kind of the same phenomenon that we've been seeing the whole time high post dribble handoff edwards comes off of it and now, this now,
0: is, why did he stay with him for so long there
1: juan yeah it's a good question again uh, this is this is something we've kind of gotten on Jawan before um On the show where he kind of just, you know, one extra slide, one or two extra slides with the ball handler. Part of it may be because you look at McRoberts, he has to take a really wide route to get back in front of the ball. Like he's behind Carson Edwards right now. Yeah. And so Juwan has to stay there for just like a beat longer. That's true. And if he wasn't there, Carson Edwards was going to explode to the hole. Right. So, so McRoberts, you know, he... He probably needs to do a better job getting back in front, but I think just the way the screen was set, the way Edwards came off of it, he just he he had to take a really tough route. And the difference he, in athletic
0: ability between the two guys. I mean, Zach can exactly. play, you know, 125 percent effort, and
1: he's not sticking with him. You know, right? So, and this is where I, the, the the shooting of Edwards and the shooting of Klein, putting them both on the strong side of the floor, really they, those two guys really work together in this play to make something happen for Matt Harms. Where you'll see the dribble handoff. Klein is going to pop to the wing. Harms is going to roll to the basket. Rob Finnessy is here in help position, and he basically has a decision to make because he's guarding Ryan Klein, but his responsibility here is to tag the roller. And so he kind of does both, but basically does neither, where he's there for the tag. Look, he's, he's going to make contact briefly. Al Durham, and, and again, look, Purdue running a screening action on the weak side to take away Al Durham as the help defender, and Romeo Lank, or, I should say Justin Smith, that is in in-help position here, that, that he's not able to make that rotation. And so Edwards is going to fake a pass to Klein, just give him a little look off. Phinnessy jumps out to Klein, and Matt Harms is wide open on the roll. I mean, that's mm. just a beautiful action. And again, watch Nogel Eastern here on the weak side. Comes around, and his man, Al Durham, you see just follows. Watch Al Durham. Follows him. Yep. He's the help defender, so you take him out of the play. That was well-timed. <sighs> Man,
0: I mean, that's, I mean that's there's a reason why they're ranked number six in the country in offense.
1: It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. I was really impressed with the execution, just with the, the, the attention to detail. Because again, not every team is that attentive to, to run those actions on the weak side, to keep the defense occupied, to draw the defense away from the basket where there's no help. Um, so I was, I was just really, I, I couldn't be more impressed with the way uh, Matt Painter and, and, and Purdue executed
0: yeah, I mean, they're look, they're a team that's been in the same system for a while, obviously. Carson Edwards has played a lot of basketball. Ryan Klein has played a lot of basketball. You know, those guys are experienced. And Nojo Eastern and Matt Harms got a lot of experience last year, too. And and same with Grady Eifert. He's been around. So, I mean, they, it's just, they, they move with more purpose and more cohesion offensively than we do. And it seemed to me, and this will continue to happen... Like, it's pretty clear what we're going to do defensively. And I know that Archie wants to continue to build this foundation and we want to do what we do and do it well so that no matter who you play against, you can do it well. The problem is right now, we're not doing what we do well, but it's kind of simplistic in a way because teams know what we're going to do and we don't adjust. So you can game plan for it. And it, it almost seemed like some of those actions were created or run specifically to take advantage of the way that we're going to defend, you know, what they're doing. So it was, it was really smart.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And just as, as kind of a, a closing note here, I, I'd like to see Indiana maybe take a page from Purdue's book in, this, in the way they use No-Gel Eastern because Eastern is like a complete non-shooter. He hasn't made a three all season. He's only taken like one or two, uh, just not a guy who's going to shoot the ball from beyond the paint. But that doesn't infringe upon their spacing because of the way they use him. Like I noted in that last clip, they had him in the weak side corner, brought him off a screen. They made him a threat. On the perimeter even though he's not a shooter because he can come off that screen he can catch he can drive he can cut back door get into the lane so you can do some things with guys like that even if they're not going to space the floor in the traditional sense of just standing behind the arc and you know their gravity is is going to draw an extra defender if you get those guys moving if you use them as screeners eastern acts a lot as a ball handler too which means you have to guard him out there even though he's not going to shoot there are ways to unlock guys like that and maybe Indiana takes a page from that book and applies it to a guy like Justin Smith, where Smith is not the greatest shooter in the world. He's, you know, he's made some of the threes that he's taken this year, but he's not going to take them at a high volume. But you can use him coming off the of screens, cutting the basket. You can use him as a cutter, which I think he he generally does pretty well. I don't know that he's going to handle the ball a whole lot. And no, I think please, always,
0: please don't right now, Justin. Right. He's I think doing he always,
1: everything else well offensively, but not that. Right. I think I think Eastern's a better player just in general. So it makes it a little bit easier to use him in that role. Um, but but I think maybe there are certain things you could borrow from that offense and apply them to Indiana's role players uh, to maybe make them a little bit more effective on offense, because Purdue gets a lot out of the role players. And it's not just because they're more talented. It's because of the system, the offense that they run and the way they're used.
0: Yeah. And I, look, I, I want to say, I mean, this obviously this. You know segment has not been positive in almost any way because that game was awful. I do think context is important. part of the reason why Purdue is so good offensively, as I said, they run the same system they've recruited to that system they've got guys who are experienced in it, and they have one of the great individual talents who sets the tone on offense because he plays really hard for Indiana right now. We clearly have some talent on offense with Romeo and Juwan, but we don't have a shooter we don't have any shooters like Edwards or Klein that create that kind of gravity. And we have guys playing in a new system that the coach didn't recruit for the most part, you know, outside of obviously a few guys. So it is not an apples to apples comparison at this point in terms of the maturity of the program. And that doesn't change anything that happened in this result. And every game counts. So, you know, if you don't get extra credit, you're not graded on a curve when you're out there on a court. I'm just saying, I wouldn't try and extrapolate from this that it will always be this way, <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's the same thing defensively. So we've got to see... Before we render final judgment on this coach and his system, what the defense looks like when it's in and functioning well, because maybe it's it's more flexible and guys are smarter and they're more able to make better decisions in the moment than we saw here. And you have guards who can apply better pressure and stick with these. You know, so there's there's a lot of different things at play here, but nothing excuses how poorly prepared and how bad Indiana looked. Purdue was just at another level in that game. We'll have to see. You know, later this year. And, you know, hopefully Indiana looks more prepared for it. You would like to see Indiana improve from one game to the next, you know, not that they have to fix all of these things, but it is important, I think, to keep your eye on the big picture, but seeing the kind of offense Purdue is running, you know, that I think all Indiana fans are desperate to see something that looks that just well-oiled and
1: cohesive. And we haven't seen that all year from Indiana. Yeah. And one tweak I might suggest, because Indiana is going to play Purdue again we talked about you know that that weak side screening action, the down screens, the the cuts, stuff like that. Maybe that's where some off ball switching might be useful. Yeah. Because you don't have to sprint over those screens and follow your man. You can kind of just you, you almost play it like a zone where if they're gonna if they're gonna screen, change position, something like that. You kind of just stay where you are and you just have a different man, and that might allow you know in that clip a guy like Al Durham instead of having to follow Nojell Eastern up to the top of the key, can stay in his position and maybe be a little bit better position to help and, and get to the midline if he has to slide over,
0: yeah all right um we didn't talk about offense just what were your you, you've talked a little bit about the offense, but what what were your observations and any other tips or <laughs> tips or tactics yeah, or things I mean, that you'd like to find see a from, way you know.
1: to, to get Romeo Langford back playing in space and I know purdue was was loading up you know Archie called you know he said several times they were loading the box on Romeo that's exactly what they were doing he was seeing you know just multiple pairs of arms every time he got to the paint um purdue has a lot of length they have a lot of athleticism a lot of big bodies a lot of smart kind of heady defenders so that you know they made things difficult on romeo but there's just not a lot of space in this offense right now and i, I was really encouraged actually even though zach mcroberts was over four from three just the fact that he was shooting the ball and he was able. and to he step- made his last two like he kept his yeah, confidence that was awesome step into a couple of long twos even yeah. though i don't Love that shot in general. Just the fact that he's shooting the ball and posing some kind of threat. Is he's important. actually pretty good at dribbling into a two-point shot. Like He's been pretty successful at that over his career. And I don't like it either, but if that's what it takes to make him a threat and he yeah. feels good about it, shoot it, Zach. Right. And and Justin Smith knocked down a three. He dribbled into a you know a pull-up jumper. So those were encouraging signs, even if you don't want those guys doing that kind of stuff all the time. They just need to pose some kind of threat. And it was clear early on that Purdue was inviting Indiana to take threes you know, at kind of if it meant that they were able to send multiple bodies at Romeo Langford, and it was working. You know, Purdue was basically daring Indiana's role players to beat them, and they couldn't. So there was a stretch where Jawan Morgan was able to take over. You know, he was he was pretty effective as a scorer, played good defense. I thought Romeo was was basically a non-factor. I doubt we'll see a game like that from him again. You know, I think no. that was pretty uncharacteristic. Airball to three, missed all of his free throws. That that's pretty. Pretty rare for a guy like him. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to have another game that bad again. But I, I do think that there was some some systematic, you know, stuff that Purdue was doing to take him away. And I would. I would expect Indiana to maybe make that their primary focus next time Purdue comes to Assembly Hall. Is just how do we get Langford going back downhill, playing in space with room to operate, getting to the basket where he's so good finishing, and then maybe make it easier for him to act as a distributor because. You know, I thought he did miss some passes on, on Saturday. I thought there were some windows and some angles that were there and he didn't necessarily see. Uh, but but in, in large part, they weren't like obvious passes that he was missing. He didn't really have like, the natural passing angles in terms of you know, hitting the roll man with a pocket pass or like making the drive and kick pass, stuff like that. Those angles just like, weren't really there, the ones that he's accustomed to, to having. Yeah. And so maybe you try, to, you try to find a way to unlock those a little bit more and, and get guys playing off of him.
0: All right, well Ben, we always appreciate your insight. We'll be back next week to do this again. So between now and then we'll have a game against Northwestern, a game against Michigan. Hopefully we can come on here and, you know, run do some film about how Indiana was able to beat Michigan or something. <laughs> if not, maybe it's next possible. week. It is it's certainly possible. I think we need to have something positive happen tonight against Northwestern to not only to get our confidence up, but to make sure the fans are fully engaged for that Michigan game. Cause that's going to be really important. You don't want people checking out right this early in the season. Um, so hopefully there's something from those games. And if not, maybe we go back to talking about something conceptual um, next week. If we don't have, because if at some point we're just going to keep talking about the same stuff, if it's the same issues. So yeah, let's uh, we'll talk on Slack about that and figure out if maybe there's something else. And if you, Uh, always if you're you know watching live listening on the podcast if there are things that you want us to talk about in these segments uh let us know because we're always open to suggestions for sure all right man um are you doing the email tonight or is uh no seth is
1: seth's got the email tonight i've got it on friday
0: okay very nice all right man we'll have a good one and uh we will talk to everybody next week on a new edition of basketball 201 cool talk to you later yep sticky notes email alerts a string around your finger